You are listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, hey, hi, welcome everybody to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Uh, today is a very special episode. We're calling it a bonus episode, but uh, we hope you feel it's a bonus uh, it's our hot takes episode where we've got, we've got each got a thing that's been wrestling around in our mind and our heart, uh, between Chris, Angie and myself, something that we've been either confronted with recently or we're feeling a struggle with or whatever. And it's, uh, it's got a little, it's a little spicy. I'll be honest. We've, we've just spent the last 10 minutes before even coming on here, uh, hedging this out. And we've decided that, uh, we're just going to fight each other this entire time and argue. And it's going to be great. It's going to be a wonderful listening experience. Just like we no. talked about, we're going to agree to disagree we're agree. at times. Maybe. We're I don't know. We'll see. Community. I'm, depends. I'm, yes. We will, we will. At the end of this, we'll all end up together. We'll sing, <laughs> we'll sing around a kumbaya and it's all going to be fine. So, and that I've is agreed. the beauty of post editing. It is. So. It though? Yeah. I've got a lot of work to do after this episode. No. Um, you know, there are times uh, th- as well in the Christian life in general where uh, you're living life in community. You're for those of us that are doing this vocationally, and you start to feel maybe a deeper conviction about something, or your eyes are open to something, or there's a new awareness, or you're like you're in a conversation with with someone within church, and you're like, "Man, I think this is a thing." Whatever, whatever that, whatever that is, and uh, and then sometimes when you come up with that thing and you talk about it with other people, not everyone's on the same page as you, and that's the beauty of. Uh, Maybe we'll, we're going to find out how much on the same page that we are on these particular uh, things that are rolling around in our brain. So uh, hold on, listener. Uh, get yourself maybe a little popcorn, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe a comfy seat, and uh, <laughs> send all the emails to Joel Demont. Thank you. At yeah, walkiemc. yeah. <laughs> Demont at uh, But yes, would certainly love to, you know, sometimes with these kind of conversations, we do, that's a good place for feedback too. So we would always love to hear back from you. If you got a, you can shoot us a text, give us an email, whatever, uh, head over to walkiemc.org. You can, you can find where to email us at, or, uh, you've got our number, probably you've got our number somehow. If you can find it, I'm sure you, you can give us a text, whatever, but would love, uh, would love to hear feedback on these too. So. Chris, without further ado, because um, I'm going to try to moderate uh, moderate this, we've all said you've got you've got your five minutes to give your pitch on on the thing that is rolling around in there, and then Angie and I get to grill you uh, about it uh, following. So let's yeah, see, let's see what happens. You know, happens. I don't think mine is so controversial. I'm, I'm kind of oh, excited wait. to hear what yours is going to be about <laughs> uh, because mine is just a simple reminder. So I I spent the last three days up in northern Michigan with a group of twelve pastors. Uh, myself included, so 11 others, uh, from a variety of denominations. And we talked about a variety of topics that are facing the church today. And uh, it's it was a great, great time away. Uh, but I came away feeling like one word has just stuck out to me. And uh, that word is until. Until. And so I want to talk a little bit about until. Here's, here's my hot take. Uh, if you go into Luke chapter 15, this was convicting uh, to me. Luke 15 is where Jesus tells the parable of the lost, right? Lost coin, lost sheep, uh, lost son. And uh, in Luke chapter 15, 
It says this as it starts. Uh, tax collectors and other notorious sinners. Can, by the way, I like the notorious sinners. So good. Uh, I wonder who Jesus would label notorious sinners today. Uh, often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people even eating with them. And so Jesus told them this story, and I like this. Verse 4, if a man—this is a very familiar section of Scripture. And to the listener, you've heard this likely before, the chances of you understanding and hearing messages after messages about this topic, but there's one word that may have not really said it with you. And here's what verse 4 says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until, until he finds it? And to me, the word until, for whatever reason, just jumped out to me this week. I'm good at giving um, some pursuit. I'm good at giving pursuit until it just doesn't seem like it's going to really work out. I'm pretty good at giving pursuit in, in, in seasons when I feel like I have time to pursue. And so my challenge came away with until. Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm going to be back in 10 minutes. Uh, I'm going to go find that one. Who knows? Obviously, it's a parable. But until, how long are we willing to pursue somebody who is lost? I mean, that's a challenge. How long are, 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 are we willing to go after that one person in our life that does not know Jesus? How long are we willing to live in relationship with them? Uh, are, we, are we at a point in our life where we refuse to be denied until our dying day that we are pursuing that individual until, until they are found? It's an intentional pursuit uh, my challenge would be, who in our lives are we living in that type of relationship? You know, if you if you go around, uh, if we polled people on a Sunday morning, who do you live in relationship uh, with regularly that does not know Jesus? And what is your pursuit of them? What would that look like? And so that word until has really stuck out to me. One other thing that comes with this idea of until that has stuck out to me recently is this. I believe that Satan doesn't care about our church until our church cares about its mission. I don't think he does. I don't think he cares about our church until our church cares about our mission. Here's what I'm finding, and I don't know if you all feel this pressure or not. I think our church woke up and started caring about its mission in a lot of ways. I mean, I think our leaders are starting to get around this mission, and I think Satan's starting to take notice. And I think it wasn't until some of that happens that we started to feel that pressure. So, until is a great mission word. And so those that's my hot take. Oh. Until. Okay. What's your until? What is your until? Hmm. What do you th- what do you think, Angie? Until means to me that you don't give up. There's a little bit of um, purpose in that word too. And there's purpose behind that. You're not just going at something because you want something to happen. There's a purpose in it. And I think where you see this shepherd, he was going after um, one, just one. It wasn't like 10, like, you know, Dan, we've often had a steer out at home, you know, and we are not going to leave until the one gets inside. There's purpose. We have a purpose. We have a mission and we have to be on. We've talked about it how many times we have to be on mission and so with that, you have to have a desired purpose and understanding of an endpoint. 
that you're going for. So, so uh, great idea. What if we just had one? Right, that was a question I was asked at this uh, retreat. Like only at. one. What if we had one? What if what if everybody at Walk EMC had one, one? Yeah. What would change at our church? How much of our perspective on a lot of things would change if our mission was our one? It would change everything. All of a sudden, we would we would be like, you know what? That right there probably doesn't matter so much because what I'm caring about is seeing that my one is found. That's what I am doing my part to. And so all of a sudden, the things that we sometimes bicker about in church and some of our preferences get set aside. Why? For the mission of the one. I got to see that this one, I am fighting this battle until my one is found. And when our focus changes to that, our mission becomes very clear. Our preferences all of a sudden don't matter quite so much. That's my take. Yeah, well, and yeah, I'm with you on that. Um It isn't, though, the simplicity of that, I think, contrary to what some of our more popularized church culture has been, um, is there seems to be a conflict between that. Like, there there seems to be this this sense of, uh, like, it couldn't possibly be that easy. And on top of that, like, you just focusing on one person, <clears throat> it doesn't... Where's the glamour? Like, where's the glamour to all of that? Where's the where's the big where's the smoke and the light and where's the the boom pow and the and the fireworks and all of and all of that? Um, and yet, I would say for all of the work that we've been doing on big church, big movement, you know, high um, high production value on our you know efforts to try to reach people, it feels like that has culturally taken away our focus from from the one like like there's a it's like we have this big idea that we're like trying to be out in the world and reach lost people but it's all very vague like there's a vagueness to all of that versus getting really um myopic about it and going who's who is the one you know pick somebody because we all hopefully we all have a person that would come that would come to our mind um well there's responsibility you're right. In having right, because it brings it much more, much more down to my it. personal relate, my personal relational uh, thing. And I, I've, I've probably participated in it myself. I've pro- and I've definitely heard other people discuss it over my time in ministry. You know, the excuses, the the length of excuses that we will go to 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 really to excuse ourselves from an intentional relationship in helping someone come to Jesus and, and discipling them. Oh, it's not my personality. I'm not that outgoing. I'm not this, that, or, or the other. And it's like, those were never the early in the early church. Like those were never the <laughs> No one was having that kind of conversation uh, specifically because their personal mission, I think was so clear to them. And somehow that the, the waters have gotten muddied, Chris, somewhere along the way, I think. Yes. There we go. Do you have any other thoughts on this until? I thought maybe you were going for a good sermon. Uh, it's going to have to steep for a little <laughs> it's, bit. It's going to yeah. have to sit there. Marinade. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I think we have complicated in church settings what it is to be a follower of Jesus. If those who are found would seek to go on mission to find another one, our focus would change. Our churches would change. Ministry in America would change. Ministry globally would change. The reality is ministry around the world is changing. Uh, We need to catch up to it. That's my hot take, y'all.
What do okay. you got? Amen and amen. Okay, so here's mine, guys. Um, I have been, and I think this probably overlaps with some of the things that we've been t- we're talking about as a whole. But so I've been thinking about the the very nature of salvation and salvation uh, as either one time transaction. So that is the you know I pray the sinner's prayer. You know, I say, I say, Jesus, I am lost, broken without you. I'm without hope. You're my only hope. I put my trust in you, Lord and Savior. Done. And then go on with my go on with my life, however I may may go on with it. With with the feeling and assurance of like, well, hey, hey, at one time I made that commitment. So regardless of whatever whatever life I live from here on out or whatever comes my way, I know that I said, I prayed the prayer and I said the thing at that time versus a having that conversation, having that conversation coming, coming to the Lord, recognizing our need for Christ saying, yes, I need, I need you to be the Lord and the savior of my life. I need you to be the point of my life. And then saying, and now I want to walk in a spirit of, I want to continue to to be saved by you. I, w- I want to walk in a way, in the way of Jesus, ongoing until on this side of heaven, until I breathe my last breath, and then to continue in the way of salvation and of kingdom into whatever lies ahead, into eternal into eternal life. Um, because. I think, and this is, so Chris's big thought is coming out of a recent retreat that he was on. This is, this is something that's coming out of, uh, coming out of my time sitting under the teaching of, uh, John, Mar- our, our good friend and uh, distant mentor, but, uh, John Mark Comer, who, you know, we, we as a staff have read a lot of the stuff really thinking about the shifts in our understanding of salvation as an ongoing, as an ongoing process of sanctification and of changing, of changing our hearts over the time. And that that work is never done and that we, we cannot look to Jesus as a transactional Christ, but rather as a relational Christ that continues to want to save us. So it's like, you know, in the early church, and this is, gets a little bit into, and I'm not getting into the weeds on it, but the New Testament's language around salvation is an ongoing and progressive discussion. It is that's that's the language, that's the syntax of the language. It is never a sense of you were saved, now done. Now now you're just a saved person ongoing apart from a transformation of heart that is continual until you are made made new in the in the world to come. In in the world to come. So I think there and so the whole point there being is that um this was a great line that was used while we were out in portland um that we really are we like to look to jesus's um uh got to find my got to find my quote here um really looking at salvation um as a transaction versus salvation as transformation um we become it's easy for the church to become consumers of jesus's merit instead of practitioners of his way to to live in the way of Jesus 
the problem is, is within most evangelical circles, you're going to hear like, oh, so you can like earn your salvation. Like it's like the, the easy way to go is like, oh, you've got to now do things now that you've been saved and, and whatever. And it's like, well, no, you want to put yourself into the kind of life that is open to receive Jesus's ongoing healing and transformation in, in your life versus the mindset of I prayed the prayer, I did the thing, I'm done, and then I can then I can just go on. You know, I'm going to make it to heaven now, so I can I can just go on. The New Testament has no language for that whatsoever. That is that is the farthest understanding whatsoever from what it means to be a follower of Jesus. In Acts chapter chapter two, toward the end, and this is something that I think Chris read even recently here, um, when it says, you know, there the the uh, disciples, the apostles are coming together. The community is coming together. They're seeing all kinds of miracles, all kinds of, all kinds of amazing things are being done. Um, toward the end of Acts chapter two, that they broke bread together in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And then this great line, and the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. The Greek there is this idea of, those were being saved, not not in the concept of a one-time event. It was, there's a group of people now that have put their trust in Jesus, and they are in the process ongoing of being saved, of ongoing experiencing a transformation in Christ. So, I'm not arguing that we shouldn't have the discussion with Jesus about giving our lives to him and putting our trust in him as a, you know, on a date and a time and and saying this was this was when I made that decision. That's great. That's wonderful. That's something to be celebrated. What I'm saying is it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there and that's not and that's not the New Testament's language around salvation. Like like the early church understood themselves as living in a way of salvation, an ongoing healing, an ongoing redemption, an ongoing uh process that was not that was not separated from them making a decision to follow Christ at a, at a date and point in time. Cause sometimes we're like, okay, made the choice. And then now there's all the other, the other stuff. What I'm arguing for is these two things are actually very, very connected ongoing. Man, that's a podcast in and of itself. That's a, that's a deep topic uh, because you, in that you have a couple things. You have Calvinism versus Arminianism. You have uh, security of the believer. Can you have security uh, as a believer, um, you know, it's some. I think in our context today, somebody's saying, well, how will I ever know if I'm saved or if I've been saved enough to make it to heaven if I'm in the process of being saved? So there's a lot of hot takes on that one. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I see this as a, I understand what you're saying, and I, I feel like it's a relationship that we are developing. I didn't marry Shauna on December 30th, 1994. And and then say, cool, right? All right, hey, good luck to you. <laughs> uh, it was a it was an ongoing development of this relationship. Uh, to me, the question of salvation is, what is our understanding of salvation? Is it that event that then presses us into holiness, that presses us into a, a deeper relation or deeper walk with Him? Um, where's that? It's syntax. It's semantic to a certain degree. Um, how then do we have assurance of the believer? That would be a question yep. uh, that I would ask. Because I think sometimes Arminians feel like we don't have yeah. assurance of the believer. And I think 
that's not the case. No, nope. absolutely, we can. Nope. Uh, but I also think that Calvinists look at it and go, well, "Yeah, you're saved." Uh, I, I went to a Baptist school, high school, and there's a, a a speaker that said, "If you do not know the date." That you were saved, right. you're not saved, and I thought, shoot, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't remember the date. I remember the moment. I don't remember the date, and so I asked them about. It. I said, well, you, you know, you should make sure today. And so I went into the office and prayed the prayer. But you know, the interesting thing, I still can't tell you the date. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I need to how continue. many times? Chris? I know. I got to write times? that down somewhere. <laughs> my goodness. Anyway, yeah. I mean, that's my, that's my, that's my deal. I, I, I value in that take, I value that this is an ongoing pursuit, much like this until word. It's an ongoing pursuit of Jesus that is required of us. We haven't ever arrived. I don't ever want to arrive. I want to mature in this relationship with Jesus all my days. Renewed every day, day by day, in his word and in his walk. So I was thinking here, and I, I agree with you, Chris, this could be a really big conversation, but I'd like to just give a, an example of this whole idea that it is a growth process and we fail miserably. It's called the Israelites. God called them out of Egypt. He rescued them out of Egypt. He brought them out, a saving, a salvation moment. How many times do we read about the Israelites in the Old Testament about that they failed? They failed to hold their end of the bargain, (laughs) that you are called by my name and my people, and I'm bringing you out to a promised land. I have a purpose and a plan. And they were these fickle people that failed daily, but yet God provided. So that shows a character piece of God. But it also shows as those that were maybe not going the right direction, not believing 100%, that they they didn't see the promised land. Those that stayed fast, those that believed, mm-hmm. walked forward in faith, in belief, in pursuit of what God had promised, they were given the promised land. That's in the Bible. I'm not, yep. this is. It's there. And, <laughs> it's all there. But I, But I also say this too, is that. It's not my job to figure out who's going to heaven and who's not going to heaven. That's God's job. My job is the simple instruction. To bear witness. Yeah, to bear witness, but also to walk in obedience. Yeah. And to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love others as yourself. Yep. And what does that look like? Um, hello, that means that today I might have a bad day at loving others or Jesus. But guess what? I'm going to pray God's mercy and his grace upon my life. And guess what? Tomorrow I'm going to try better and it's going to get better. And one day at a time, I might it might click one day, but it's never going to finish until yeah. I see Christ face to face. Yep. Yeah. And that's the... Uh the journeyman, the journey mentality, and all of this, the the sojourner, which again, that's New Testament language. You know, so being a sojourner, journeying through this, being like that is that is just. I think that it's the missing piece in our in our for in our formation. Are you? I mean, I'm probably more concerned within my own life and with the life of others. It's like, are you are you walking toward Christ or are you walking away from Him? I'm not looking for the hard and fast category as much as I am the di- the direction of one's of one's life because goodness knows like you said it is it's not an all and up and to the right 
scenario. And depending on the day that you interact with a person or you interact with me, like, you know, God help me. Um, there are just some days where it's like, man, there is, Jesus did not guide a lot of my steps today, you know? And, and now the problem is, is if that we don't have, if we don't have some sort of, I'll call it whatever mechanism, practice, whatever the case might be to be even come aware of that sort of thing. So hopefully we've got community around us. Hopefully we've got people around us that are, are exampling Christ likeness to us that we have a, we have a vision for that. We have a, we have a direction. I just, I'm just getting really, really concerned, I guess, for anyone who's like, Oh, Hey, I prayed the prayer. I made the decision. And now I'm accumulating facts about God as I go on in my Christian walk. But ultimately, as far as, as a person's life being submitted to him ongoingly day by day, and you being in a continual direction of being saved, of continuing to be saved progressively each and every day. That's the thing that we can easily miss. And I just think we, uh, we can do better brothers and sisters. We can. So that's your take, Joel. That's my take. Take it or take it or leave it, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they, they gave me the last take. Yeah. So you've got a, you've got a whole, you've got a good, there's a, we got a decent chunk of time. (laughs) So you get to give your presentation and then we get to see if, Chris and I just have could just can barely could barely handle whatever it is that you said. Well, you guys just went on some retreat and I've been back here in the working <laughs> working doing doing the real stuff in the ditches. <laughs> because I do believe that when you walk with people it gets kind of messy and it gets kind of ugly and it gets kind of hard. And one of the things um that I've seen is the hurt exist in all of our lives? One of the things that ties all of this together is that um, if we see this, me as a person, me personally, if I see a pursuit of someone until they come to Christ, or if I see a pursuit of Jesus, a continual everyday um, renewal of my walk with him because I'm not perfect, I'm going to make mistakes and all of that, all of a sudden my eyes are not on myself. They're actually on the process of that formation. So how does this all tie to what my point is? Well, faith and endurance, that's what takes it to do. To take your eyes off yourself, your faith has to be centered on something else outside of yourself. So we're studying the book of James in um, Mott's, and this has been a verse that we all know, and I'm just going to read it again. Dear brothers and sisters, Fellow Christians, believers, those that are out there searching for the the one, you know, being out there involved in relationships with people, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Okay, I'm going to throw out my take on this. That most people that become Christians in their life and in their time, and even as a being of a person, we all have a tendency to say that when 
your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So I really don't want to grow. I really don't want to be tested. I really don't want to have a hard thing to go through. How many people back away from hard things? How many people back away from crises in people's lives or hard things? Is she preaching to us? I feel I'm, like I feel yeah, like I'm a kind of feeling that. Yeah, really heavy sense of conviction. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who's been reading my mail? <laughs> no, That's but true. I mean, here's the deal: is he's already saying that joy and hardship, grief, sorrow can coexist. Yeah. Because your joy and is your faith, your faith in Jesus Christ, the, the journey that you're on. But here's the problem. He says, invite. Take it as an invitation to grow. Plant the seed, just like a farmer plants the seed. Go through those trials. Go through those temptations, those hard, hard things in your life as what? An opportunity to grow. Isn't that the best growth, though? I mean, be honest, sitting around yep. the table, yep. uh, the hardships of our life are the times I've grown the most. Uh, I, the valleys, I talk about it, that quite a bit. Uh, there's a lot about life that has been hard. Uh, we like to live in the easy, but the hard's where the lessons are. The hard's where the growth really happens. Uh, there have been, been places in ministry that have been really hard on me, really challenging. Uh, I have learned the most about myself, I think, about the Lord in those seasons. And so we want to run from the hard, but yet at the same point, hard is where a lot of the growth takes place. I had a had a young man in my office today who's a junior college student um, and uh, going into ministry, you know, pursuing a ministry education. And I always love those conversations because when you know they're asking you about like pastor stuff. How do you be a pastor? Whatever. And it's like, man, you just have to really think like, okay, what is the essential thing that I can communicate here? That's like truthful. And it's not like all sunshine and rainbows and and being honest. And, you know, he was asking about his own like personal preparation for ministry. And I just, and that that was the thing I, I came back to. I'm like, um, anchor yourself to the person of Christ because there will be darkness, and I said this, and it didn't it wasn't didn't sound so intense, but it's like there will be darkness that you encounter in this world that, apart from that, will be crushing to you, and it will. It, but if you are anchored, you can receive like the whole thing was you can receive those things and experience those things with even with a sense of joy that God is forming you through them. But apart from the anchor, all it looks that's that's the difference. For those of us, we know people. Man, we have people in this congregation. We've uh, some folks have been battling can like battling cancer here for the last the last few years. I am humbled by the sense of joy and and just eagerness for life that some of these people have. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like this thing is ravaging your body. It is taken and taken and taken from you. And yet, who? And yet, what do they say? The the spiritual insight that they have, the nearness to God Himself that they have the example and the witness that they've gained in their, in their families. Like I, I couldn't, it, it, it's a miracle. Like I don't full, I don't fully comprehend it, but when you are in those valleys, it is something to be said that God meets you in, in just a unique, in a unique way that, that he doesn't elsewhere. Like the mountaintops are great and all, 
But like the vast majority of us live in the valley. <laughs> but I think our culture is telling us the total opposite. Yep. It's the whole idea that it's supposed to be this easy button that we just press that we better have this or we better have that. Or I, I go back to what Abby Manter's uh, doing her dissertation on, and it's about Job yes. and how many of, of Job's friends sat around and said, so what's with you, actually? You <laughs> yeah. know? How, did you tick God off? What's yeah. the problem? And I think that happens a lot in our world. Oh, man, a lot of problems keep coming in your life. What's with you? Oh, that's not necessarily the case. Do you guys know anybody? I, I think of some of the most, um, I think, strongest like spiritual mentors that I've I've had. And I can't think of any of them that have not gone through either some like significant physical uh, dehabilitation, whatever, or, or a family member has gone through. Like... All of the the people that I would look to to say, like, I want to be more like them because I think they're following after Jesus very closely. They all had like some, it's like major illness, major tragedy, whatever. Hard things. Hard things. And so you could look at it and say, I'm not sure God loves them very much because like uh, they've had some hard things. Or you could say, no, they must be dearly loved because they have, they have experienced great sorrow and yet are always rejoicing and God has walked with them uniquely in 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 some way yeah and i i guess i want to finish this on a different take that i haven't had for a while is the parent take mm. we can't rescue our kids either out of this <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um dan and i just had this discussion we we'd like to protect our kids from hard things because that's just what parents do right you just rescue your kid you'd rather have them you know, be safe. Oh, wait, we have to be safe. We have to be okay. And the reality is, is that I, I, a hundred percent, and I guess I even more like you guys could probably see my passion in this. I probably 150 to 200% believe that our kids need to experience this hardship in our homes because in that they fail. And guess what? The safety net is built. That's what a parent is all about. We are just the safety net. Yeah. We're not supposed to keep them from falling. We are just supposed to catch them when they fall and help them lead them back to Jesus. So, I mean, I'm sorry, this is another take on this yeah. verse in a different well, way. Well, safety is a first world country issue, isn't yeah. it? Because I think a lot of places for followers of Jesus, safety is non, uh, it's not even in the picture <laughs> because boldness is, but safety is not. Because they realize that safety is not something that is uh, provided to them. So this mm-hmm. has been an interesting, it's been an interesting uh, episode. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting. There is some tie together in each of these. Uh, keep pursuing until uh, this idea of, uh, of, of an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's going to be tough times that do come into our path. Uh, keep, keep the faith. Stay the course. Celebrate the, the struggle. Don't run from the struggle. There's been a lot of good things, Joel. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Um you know, life of like, the life of being a Christian in our current context, we've enjoyed a lot of we've enjoyed a lot of of ease, a lot of safety, a lot of a place of uh, social social advantage. I guess you I can you can say, and those days are those days are changing. There is a shift. I think we can choose to be anxious and upset about that, or we can say, "Hey, we have a chance to minister from a place uh, from a lowly place." very similar to Jesus in the upper room to take up the basin and the towel to serve people, to come alongside the journey that they're on and uh, to continue to call them to Christ likeness. And that this is man, this is a marathon. This is an absolute marathon. So, but it's a good one. And 
as Chris likes has been bringing up the old hymn. It'll all be worth it. Uh, it'll be worth it. It'll all, it'll be worth it. That's it'll be worth the, it. That's all. be worth all. it all. Be, be worth it all. It'll be worth it all. See, deep river yeah. of 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 him knowledge there the way you just said it made it sound like a rap oh. it'll be worth it worth it, <laughs> worth it. maybe maybe all all worth it all it'll be worth it all that's 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 right friends thanks for joining us for uh another uh episode glad to have each and every one of you along and uh yeah as always if you got any uh thoughts anything you want to share an encouraging uh, an encouraging word or even your strong rebukes around our faulty theology. Well, you know what? You keep those to yourself, but uh, <laughs> we love you guys. We appreciate you tuning in and until next time, we wish you grace and peace. At home, the podcast is produced by Wakarusa missionary church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting walkiemc.org. That's W-A-K-Y-M-C.org. From there, you can click on the At Home tab for more information. Thanks for listening.